everyone, and welcome to Edge Node, the only show that dares to combine all of your audio in one app. That's right. We're we're going to be combining your music, your podcasts, your <laughs> audiobooks, your fo- your phone calls, voicemails. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, you know, the, you know the the recordings that you took in that one video conference. We're doing that as well. Um, we're okay. just going to combine all of this audio into one app. Um, it's not going to be a usability nightmare. We're we're going to. <laughs> It's Fuse all it. going it's to be, be there. Like, it's going to be like one big fusion of it all. Like, right, right, yeah, absolutely. And and, to, and you're going to be queuing all of that audio together. And it's going to be under 50 different menus, too, and you're only allowed to use it while you're driving. Oh. Well, I mean... I'm, can... Is there... Um, I have questions. Like, well, you know, it's, it's like the Hollywood pitch of audio, you know? It's like, it's... <laughs> You know, it's like Mulan meets War of the Worlds, but you know, it's it's. Mm. <laughs> it's <laughs> well, but, well, both involve a lot of war, <laughs> right? Um, and so that's what we're going to be doing is we're going to be recording a lot of war on this one audio app. Um, we're oh. going to basically be sent. We're, it's going to be it's going to start as like a defense contract, but they're uh-huh. also going to have podcasts included with that. Yeah, I, I'm going to make it work. We are going to make it work um, um, while driving. We, yes, while driving. Um, uh, we're gonna plug it in with like Android Auto and shit. it's gonna be great. We're we're gonna have it's no one no one's going to be confused by this at all. What about Tesla users? See, okay, that's like tough luck, buddy. Um, <laughs> well, okay, if, what, what about okay? What about like uh, Ford people? Like, uh, is, um, don't don't like uh, F one fifties and and over have those big like tablet computer things? <laughs> <laughs> like, kind of screwed, man. Like, I mean. <laughs> I, I I don't know. <laughs> I think they had a lot of feasibility issues. Have you ever seen Ready Player One, where that um where that one business guy was trying to like figure out how many ads he can run in front of someone's like peripheral or frontal uh, vision as they play the game? You see, that actually gives me a great idea. We're going to plug this into the metaverse too. Oh Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Which actually reminds me, speaking of metaverse and also speaking of everything apps, today's show is going to be pretty much all about everything apps and uh, to a, a lesser, more tangential extent, the metaverse because that has kind of been on people's minds lately. Um, The big thing that's happened recently with Meta's new earnings call is that there's been this, like, sort of perceptible shift away from, like, just talking about virtual reality, about just talking about the metaverse. Mm -hmm. As we remember, Meta's share prices, well, Meta being the kind of, like, parent that... Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, all of these like Facebook owned things fell under and then renamed to Meta because they were like all focused on this virtual reality thing. Right. They made like a $300 headset and then they made a a, a $1,000 one that no one bought. Yeah, still still to this day. It's on uh, Oculus uh, shelves at Best Buy and it's not doing too good. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, that is a full shelf. I'm like walking I'm like walking into the Best Buy and they're they, it's like they're paying me to take these things. It's like, yeah. "Hey buddy, do you yeah. want a Quest Pro?" If you, <laughs> if they like uh, appear from behind the TV rack. They knock down all of their TVs, just like stumbling over, falls over, like hits face plants into the ground. And this poor Best Buy retail sales associates just like take this. We're just <laughs> please, we somebody. have too much inventory. No. Well, it's beyond, it's beyond inventory. It's more like a waste. I mean, I like um like like from from the last time I followed the um, the, met, the metaverse, it was uh, I think sometime last year. Mark had just um did did the earnings call meeting. Um, he had a NVR meeting uh um to sort of test it with people he was trying to get to invest in the company. 
and then it bombed. <laughs> it, it bombed terribly. Uh, what, what, what was it? It wasn't even like a real meeting or something like that? It was like pre-recorded like on their end? Yeah. And then like months down the line, he was like, okay, so now we have a new one. It's going to cost $1,500. We're putting the battery in the back. Oh, uh, it's, 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 it barely, it's, it's barely able to do any more than the previous one did. We're, we're going to make it so that you can see your keyboard through it, but you're not going to be able to see your keyboard very well. It <laughs> it's, it's going to have the same terrible battery life and it's going to be called the quest pro and also you have legs now and um, we're not going to call it google glasses because it's totally not that it's not it's, it's not, not a flop be, be, no it's it's not going to be a flop that's why it's not it's not going to be a flop it's not going to be a dud htc can go suck an egg we got this yeah htc no and it's it's and it's kind of funny so after all of this kind of fell faced first into the ground and Meta's share prices plummeted so far that they actually ended up being below Home Depot at one point. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I was walking into like Rasmussen Hall where we have this gigantic stock ticker over here on campus and I'm just like watching Meta's share prices continuing to fall and every time I saw like a green arrow on Home Depot, I was always just cheering them on like we can do this Home Depot, let's go. I've got your back in this one. <laughs> Man, I don't, man, I don't even, I don't even mind home, like Home Depot raising um, their stock prices. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure they do at this point. Yeah. I mean, as, as much as like people steal hardware from their stores, the insur, <laughs> the insurance um, that they get from back. Yeah, I, I think you gotta wonder if they just welcome that. They're just inviting it in so that they can, just, they just, can just, get the insurance policy get the insurance, from it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> every little time just fudge the numbers. No, no one really notices. Yeah, at least Lowe's is um is far behind as a result. So that's for, what all that matters. For liability reasons, I am not suggesting that any of this is happening. And also, the Best Buy story was fake. <laughs> 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 just, yeah, I don't want is... us to on the first episode to get like involved in some gigantic legal scandal. Yeah, this is this is all alleged that I say with a wink, but you can't see that wink because I am ethereal to you all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, I have this business insider article put up, uh, pulled up right now. So, during this recent earnings call, so Meta, for the first time in a while, posted, like, actual growth. Their stock price doubled, which is really not saying a whole lot because it had fallen so far. Yeah, it was, like, pretty much in, in like, the, like, the zeros of zeros. And they had, you know, upped sales. They had increased ad rates and retention on Instagram and things of that nature. And a lot of people are saying... Well, because he mentioned AI roughly 57 times during this earnings call, that means it's no longer about the metaverse. Because this is sort of like a thing that a lot of journalists are doing now, which is during these earnings calls, kind of tracking how much Mark Zuckerberg says a certain word. So recently, when he did his whole year of efficiency thing, uh -huh. he said efficiency like infinity times. And so this time he's saying AI like infinity times because Meta was caught flat-footed after yes. the whole chat GPT thing broke out. And now everyone's having just the robots write all of all their, their high scripts and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. And well, I mean, that seems very on brand for Mark. I mean, if if there's one thing I know about self-entitled uh, rich millionaires, if well, we can cite Elizabeth Holmes, uh, they very um, much uh, like to jump onto the bandwagon. And I like to go on about what's going to make them the most money as fast as humanly possible. I think with Mark in particular, there's been this sort of perceptible jump onto any trend that is even a thing, right? 
Um, I mean, oh God, Discord. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but and that's just sort of the the problem that we run into is that Zuckerberg copied Friendster to make Facebook. Right. He then copied you know parts of other chat apps that had already existed to make Messenger, mm-hmm. and a lot of what. Facebook slash Meta has created internally has utterly failed, but everything that they've acquired has done really well under their management. And so they follow that same trend that Google's following, where they're a really good acquirer, but anything they try to make in-house is just not going to work out. And the Meta thing was a big part of that. Well, I mean, um, it's going to be a big part of that because they made it their whole entire brand. They hitched the, their whole entire like company on this on this like su- su- superfluous idea, and, and there was no there was no reason for it. Facebook was doing well. I won't say great, but it was definitely not dead. It's not Twitter, um, and, and it was surviving just fine with the community that it had. It was turning into its own little bit of MySpace, except you know it won, and they could just live with that into um, into its golden age, where you know maybe it'll it'll die, but it'll die with dignity. But mm-hmm. no, uh, they wanted to try and keep the flagship going instead of just trying to maintain what they already had uh, in, or in, improve on what they have because, you know, Facebook is a cesspool of its own kind of mess and mistakes. But, you know, I digress. And this is the roadblock that they run into going forward. It's like, how do you really follow any of this up? Because social media brands have seen a steady decline recently. Mm. As we all know, the the chaos crisis, just train wreck combined with fire at the orphanage that is Twitter at the moment, it's sort of gotten a lot of their user base to slowly but surely unameliorate their social circles that they'd slowly been building up there and also a lot of the professional work that they'd done. Uh, recently, the Manhattan Transit Authority pulled out, pulled off of Twitter. A lot of these big brands are doing that. And uh, mm. journalists, they just can't quit Twitter because it's still it's so, the it's most too, It's intuitive. too dramatic and salacious. Yeah. Right. It, it's, too, it's, it's too salacious, but also it's like the easiest way to still be able to quickly publish articles in a format that still allows you to reach a wider audience. But that's slowly going away. And brands are kind of peeling off one by one. The user base is peeling off one by one because engagement is down, ad spending is down, all of this stuff, it's it's not really a market anymore. And then you go to other platforms and this is well, pretty much like Instagram the, or something. Well, ironically, Instagram. Yeah. yeah, I mean, TikTok seems to be the only one that has any sort of real growth that we've seen. Meta has for a while seen a decline in user base for some of their platforms and also, if anything, just pause in user growth. And that was a big problem when that hit and when this merged with the whole meta crisis was we had like a whole bunch of these platforms that had based their entire um, value was to advertisers the fact that they're going to continue to grow. Facebook was going to continue to grow. Instagram was going to continue to grow. But that wall would eventually reach, right? Netflix couldn't grow its subscribers forever. Facebook (laughs) couldn't just find new people to well, do ad spending on. Well, yeah, well, and yeah, and, it's, it's, and actually, it's funny you bring up uh, Netflix because uh, a lot of a lot of people or a lot of companies last year experienced this the problem of capsizing uh, all, around all at the same time as COVID and like everything else like kind of uh, ended. But then afterwards, they just had like a lot of money that they had um they had lost. But everyone's approaches to it were very very interesting. Met, like Meta to me was um, wasn't exactly a uh, outlier in the rat race of trying to trying to keep yourself alive. Uh, they they just did it in a very 
detrimental way, self-contained, uh, mind you, um, but detrimental to, to their own company. They're, they're hitching it um, more or less on an idea and trying to get everybody else to be on board with it. But mm-hmm. but relatively speaking, it's not too invasive to um, the company's bottom line. They're not invasive to their, to their users, which is uh, at least better than what Twitter is doing. I can give them that. Um, and I do think that's what's supporting their longevity at the moment. Mm-hmm. But that's that's only going to keep keep them going for so long <laughs> because I mean all you really got is the site of and of itself. But I mean everyone knows you're trying to deviate from that, so I'm not really sure what they got left. Right, and and this is sort of another thing. It's other brands have stopped necessarily hitching a lot of their traffic based off of what can be accessed through Facebook and Instagram and all of that because then those platforms started to. Uh, slowly but surely just kind of tack on features that would prevent linking to outside content from really being uh, a doable thing on them for the most part. I mean, Instagram is a good example. Trying to link to outside content there at all is downright impossible. Mm. I mean, you can maybe throw up the occasional link on a story or do a link in bio, but the user experience behind all of it's terrible. The user experience behind using all of Meta's apps are terrible. Facebook especially. It's like you yeah. open it and it's just this clutter of UI. It is a UI. Clock, yeah. And it, right. Yeah. I mean, on, Met, on Meta's end, yes, it's, re- it's rather accidental, I think. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's just a lot of uh, disorganization um, when it comes to Meta and the apps um, alongside them. Mm-hmm. I can't really speak for, I'll say, Messenger too much. I try not to use it, mostly because mm-hmm. I don't trust it. <laughs> but uh, fa- um, but Facebook, I, um, I know to be just, like, downright atrocious. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no like, re- like regulation uh, go- going on over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, like, um, you can just pretty much post anything uh, and, <laughs> and get away with it. Right. Uh, same, same with Instagram. In fact, um, in fact, Instagram might be a little worse because it's a lot more aggressive at targeting you for mm-hmm. these things. It, um, it does seem odd to me that I, um, that any time I, I want to talk about something, an ad pops up for it. And I mean, even though that's like kind of like, like a common-ish known, known thing, mm-hmm. it um, it is also very persistent on Instagram in particular. Right, and and a lot of this, like particularly their pivot and focus on communication, did all right. But it's really difficult to monetize that. You can't really monetize WhatsApp because you start throwing an ad for anything there and people are going heads will just roll yeah they'll just be like like oh whatever how do i need to add to like text my (laughs) text my my nana or something right and this is another big thing is that like a lot of people like to use this as a sign that like ad spending is going up on facebook zuckerberg is pivoting again we're finally going to see the adults in the room that's not happening necessarily i think people are oversimplifying a lot of the situation here when he said in a video conference like I'm still, like, focusing on the meta thing. I'm still burning money doing this. I'm still throwing all of your... <laughs> I'm still throwing all of this capital that investors are tossing at us into the into the metaverse. But the difference here is that ad spending has gone up, and so now the investors, I guess, are just sort of indifferent towards the fact that he's now still wasting money. Because at least now there's, like, actual revenue growth to yeah. an extent. And And ad spending hasn't seen the decline that we thought it would really big um, ad buyers had pulled their spending for a while. Um, and this wasn't just on Twitter. This was on a lot of places because, yeah. you know, they were anticipating a big, like, recessive environment in the economy. Well, 18 months later, people keep saying there's going to be a recession, there's going to be a recession, then it doesn't happen, and it returns. And so that's probably not going to last forever. Right. And Meta, it feels right now, is just kind of treading water to the next thing. Yeah, well, because they are. 
um, I, I feel like Meta isn't going to uh, go away. Um, there is going to be the new uh, flagship of the company um, going forward. There's just um, there's just too much money uh, sunk into this thing not to. Plus, I mean, if you're not looking um, at it from a uh, cre- creative standpoint and what what Mark is trying to do with it, the Oculuses are selling great. They are they are still like the um, the best VRs on the market. Um, so they are pulling in a lot, but they are um, in a, themselves a separate juncture from a from the main Meta um, company. So um, where Facebook and Instagram and, and anything adjacent to that um, is headed, um, I have no clue. However, I do know this most likely going to involve AI companion, much akin to the um, the Bard AI that Google just um, announced out. Or I think maybe. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't know if everybody has that yet. <laughs> I might. <laughs> I don't want to expose myself. <laughs> well, cool. We're gonna take a quick break. When we get back, podcasts in your music apps. It's a thing now. <laughs> All right, so we're back. Okay, so I just have a I have, I have a really quick question. This may this may be pretty personal, so feel free to not answer it. I don't know if I'm violating privacy here, but Actually, what app do you use most for podcasts? Hmm. <sighs> I gotta think on that one. You have I guess 20, you have I guess twenty seconds. <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> I use Spotify more, uh, more more often than not. More often than not. Okay, so. Um, when Spotify sort of like pivoted to podcasts, this was like a few years back, um, they had made it so that, you know, when you go into a podcast, right, or when you try to access a podcast, the, the user interface would sort of adapt to it and be like, all right, so this is going, I'm just going to make it so that you can cue your episodes really easily here. Yeah. I'm not, go- it's not going to be like the music section of spotify where it's mostly being thrown on as a radio and then we're going to use our algorithms to kind of just shuffle through things and see what you might be most likely to listen to right now right and that that works out that's fine that's good um okay so youtube music recently pivoted towards that uh they they added that sort of extra layer of features onto their app. I think Marquez Brownlee, not too long ago, he actually like put that forward as a sort of way of potentially exploring um, other methods of content delivery, which was like, hey, you guys should probably consider adding podcasts to the app because Spotify has done that and it might be a good way for um, particularly like YouTube itself to get more thoroughly into the podcasting game is something it's not not just sort of like tangential relation to the video and like long form content on YouTube itself, mm-hmm. which was great. You know, um, it was a good idea. The problem was when it ended up actually happening and when the feature actually rolled out, um, it was bad. And now I'm not talking like bad in a way that's just sort of like, OK, well, at least it's like a basic functional podcast app within my music app. Right. And I can just sort of create cue lists. And no, 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 no. It, it like legitimately changed nothing about the user experience between music and podcasts. Oh, and then also um, it, it decided to uh, not have anything built in that would allow you to just sort of take what you were already listening to to YouTube music. There's like no RSS or anything like that. It wasn't based off of any other other podcast listings. It was only based on like what people had published to YouTube, meaning like half of your library is just not available there. 
And then also, at the same time, um, there were no exclusivity deals made. So there's really no content that I can think of that's like exclusive to YouTube music that people would actually want to listen to. And on top of that, when you try to like cue the episodes up, it's like queuing tracks in regular YouTube music, which oh. is to say that it's kind of a usability nightmare because you're going into the, like the little three dot hamburger menu to add it to queue when... I use a podcast app. I don't know about you, but the ability to quickly and conveniently like cue episodes in a list and just like listen to them without having to give it a second thought. When I use Pocket Casts, that's that does that's, that's, that's seem well. That's a, a luxury. I'll give I'll give you that. Right. For my for my background, I do uh do podcast or I I listen to podcasts as well. Uh, right. I I don't listen to them like on any specific like podcast apps, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did I do use a uh, Spotify. That's as good as it gets. I got I got my got my talking gecko and Stephanie Sue to keep me uh, going. <laughs> um, but aside, aside from that, uh, my my secondary app for um for any for podcasts or just music in general, um, outside of Spotify is YouTube Music. Um, I actually do use YouTube Music for um, for the majority of things that I that I do. So I do uh, understand the um the UI uh, portion of it in the fact that it is really annoying. I do genuinely agree with that. Um, where they sadly um have all the other apps beat, it's just versatility because they just have so. Um, so many different forms of different uh, uh, um, songs and creations, different mm-hmm. um, different podcasts, different takes, different um, different reactions to those things. There's just um, in a lot. There's a bigger abundance of content um, mm-hmm. on um, on the site, and there's a lot more. Uh, I get. I want to say the word creativity, but there, um, there's a lot more users that um, that are able to replicate or recreate on um, the same product or remix it into their same their different kind of uh, style or rendition. So I usually go there for different kinds of t- cuts or like takes. But I haven't gotten to use it for the um, for the podcast aspect yet. Um, no. I I can understand why they would want to do that though. Um, just trying to stay uh, ahead of the curve, stay competitive with their opposition. Um, I know that YouTube proper has been um, has been making uh, leaps and bounds on trying to get more into the live streaming game, uh, competing with Twitch um, with um, with even a better a better deal, um, a 70-30 cut, um, um, still retained from from the normal business they conduct there um, with their um, YouTube creators. Um, if you didn't know, Twitch um, has a 50-50 split and it's and it's actually getting worse. At this point, I think it might be leaning towards more of a fifty, um, a fifty-five, basically, just because they're they're putting everyone, including their top of streamers, on a, on a, a condition where they have to run like an in- increased number of ads, um, even though um, and, and, they, and it's not like YouTube where they are uh, stop um like like stoppable ads that stop the video, um and um and and have them like play and or and have you can skip them or whatever and have. Uh, just get back to the video. Uh, it's it's different than that. Uh, it's like it's like one of those unskippable, like disrupting kind of kind of ads that um that like interrupt a whole live stream, and it just just it just destroys a lot of people's internet. That's why I had to stay away from Twitch for a long time myself. So they've been uh um being a pretty strong strong competitor um in that um in that field just because you know Twitch Twitch has been lacking and dropping the curve. So um so I don't so I don't. I'm not unsurprised that they would go into podcasting as well. I mean, uh, you might as well strike while the iron's hot. hot and I know that they they're um, they're probably you know like gassed up right now, taking mm-hmm. sips up from all of their Kool Aid. It's a good time for them too. Um, anyways, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they already had a change in um in management um in direction um mm-hmm. with um with the new CEO. I don't remember the um the um his name though. It, um, it's not it's not Susan um anymore. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's a guy. It's a, I, it's I, a guy that's I, really I, into I, NFTs. It's, it's, I don't like him too much. Yeah, but it's kind of funny because like you know. 
as soon as Susan left and people stopped just sort of like complaining about her all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, this guy just showed up and <laughs> this guy just showed up and now I just don't know his name. Exactly. Well, see the thing, I don't know his name. I just know he likes NFTs and people immediately don't like him. And I like to bandwagon so much. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Neil Moen. That's it. Yeah, Neil Moen. Yeah. I so like no one really knows what they expected this guy from this guy just yet. I mean, they're not really expecting much uh, just because of his reputation so far. Um, but I can't. I, I really hope he doesn't do anything worse. I mean, I um, like a um, we um, we were talking oh, talking about it earlier when um, in the last take. But uh, like um like like Meta's been having problem, problems with that too with their with their changes in um in uh, management um, by implementing different people into um in their in, um, internal um uh, management. I think I think uh, who's I forgot who's manning the um the met um, the meta proper or at least the um the, the oculus portion of it mm-hmm. uh but um i think if um but i think that um that had a change in hands recently too and that guy was like um head of the portion of the advertising department that um that was like really like um tar- like targeting people uh twit um twitch too they um they just had it um they just um had a change in leadership um with a different ceo um so a lot of um so a lot of um, companies are changing direction trying and stepping down and trying new things um and i know that youtube is trying to, um is trying to stay on top of that um i can and i can that's totally understandable why these these are their um their two main competitors from a pragmatic standpoint youtube um youtube um is no longer quite um just the place you go for like like unlike like random um videos or, or memes right. or anything like that you can you can almost go anywhere for that too you know twitter mm-hmm. uh, uh, uh instagram uh, uh snapchat uh um etc cetera, etc cetera. uh so um so it makes sense for them to try and uh, expand and branch out especially when all these other um on um, the platforms are lacking streamer the streamer wars are are going crazy right now you know um ne- mm-hmm. netflix isn't the only competitor now you got hulu hbo max peacock uh, paramount <laughs> i mean this is crazy i'm amazon prime i have I'm, i have like like what four different free trial subscriptions back to back just last year disney plus literally jumped on my bones the second that they released like they like like everyone is trying to get everybody they're trying to make their dollars where, where they can and they're trying to um like retain their properties and make and make them into like universes you know uh, like like a uh, like decade decades long franchises um now are all of those going to work out probably not uh but those are going to be entertaining enough themselves um but um but i can see how youtube while they still have have a chance is trying to is trying to capitalize on what um, is still a somewhat untapped market being the internet. What do you mean? You saying nobody's subscribing to Peacock right now? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Right, say, right, <laughs> I mean, I, people hey, aren't subscribing to Peacock. I'm not saying that they're not. I'm just saying like no one's are going you, for like a premium plan or something like that. Are you insulting our Lord and Savior Quibi? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, who the hell uses Quibi? Who the hell uses Quibi? I mean, I don't know. Whoever did use it is probably um, dead. Dead because uh, because they're dead. (laughs) Dead because Quibi's long dead. I know they're dead. I literally had their subscription until their until their 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 death. I literally was there. (laughs) And then there's Go90. Oh Christ! Yeah, no, another one I missed too. Which turned into which turned almost into a verb for like. (laughs) <laughs> streaming service dying. I think Nilay Patel invented a scale based off of Go90 for how doomed a streaming service is. It, I, oh man, I felt so bad for Go90 because I um I really did like a couple of their their shows on there. <laughs> and then one day I was just chilling in bed, and then my then uh, um I clicked on the app, and there was nothing. And I, like I, I like tapped on it one more a couple more times. I was like, uh, <laughs> what's going on? And then I tried and then I tried to uh I tried to delete it and uninstall all the app. 
and I, right before I pressed uninstall, the thing said, uh, "This um, this app can no longer be <laughs> um, be um, be redownloaded uh, from um, um, after um, after you delete it. Uh, would you like to continue uninstalling?" I was like, "Why?" I googled it, <laughs> and then sure enough, they were like, "Yeah." Burned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and and I guess just like getting into the broader point of things here, um, Spotify's uh, the chief of Spotify's podcasting only a couple of weeks ago left, um, mm-hmm. and that was a really big departure. And he had a few choice words on the way out, which was basically just like Spotify has basically no internal direction. The corporate culture is becoming incredibly unfocused. We have audiobooks now, and it's becoming kind of a mess in terms of what we want the product to look like. And recently they had their gigantic home feed redesign, which I I can't think of a single person I've talked to that's liked it. Basically, um, for those but of you who don't know, I, I've been, yeah, let me, let me look at it while we're doing it. They made doing? it into TikTok. Um, they, hmm? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like how YouTube sort of emphasized short, uh, short form content in the form of shorts. <laughs> um, and they, you know, suddenly started pushing shorts on everyone and just being like, this is what's going to happen. It's like... The hell? <laughs> oh, I did not notice this. I, I, oh, wow. They, are they just like, doing yeah. shorts of people's music videos? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, and, and that's what their home feed is now. And so instead of, like, having the songs that you want to listen to in front of you... And that's the thing. YouTube Music for a little bit was offering kind of a safe harbor or something of a refuge from this... TikTokification of the home feeds and you know it was very focused it's like you go here and also t- taking advantage of the you know diversity of content that's available on YouTube just generally YouTube music was like hey we have all of these different permutations of content here we have all of these independent creators that have just gone entirely on YouTube and they're starting here and this is focused entirely on music but also music videos because video content is what YouTube really shines at and so more than Spotify even, their featured music videos became a big part of that. But your home feed, for the most part on YouTube Music, I would say, is far less uh, generated or artificial than it would be on Apple Music or Spotify. It's mostly geared towards like stuff you've already listened to. And on you know, it's like these big panes right at the top of any YouTube Music home feed. It's like, this is the stuff you should listen to again if you want to. And also here's some other stuff you Which I yeah, which I which I agree. And um and on, on top of that, YouTube YouTube Music still also um does try to keep its um its main uh focus um around around it being a uh, not not just long long form content, not just music or or a podcast or anything mm-hmm. like that, um, but um, but primarily uh, for uh, in um, like uh, videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to keep um, they, they try and retain the video content above anything else mm-hmm. because that's where they um, that's where they started. So they have a, a deeper understanding of it. Mm-hmm. YouTube Music uh, started with uh, music videos, but okay. uh, very reminiscent of uh, Vivo, except well better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um so and from um and from there um and from there they um they grew off of that benchmark. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, even um, even now they do uh, do things that I um, that I, I don't see a lot of apps um, doing um, the, um, these days. Uh, they um, they still um, have their own explore explore tab. Mm-hmm. Um, they 
um, with, um, which is a lot more comprehensive than say Spot, um, Spotify. As you go, um, yeah. you go to their um, their app here, and they, um, that's just not available. You have a search in, um, engine with those um, with those uh, exploring of genres through those shorts, but they're um, but they're not uh, full albums or, or anything like that. They're not, they're not as effective. Um, YouTube also tries to keep um, keep you up to date with say um, what's on um, what's the hottest on on charts. Right. They're trend they're trending lists. It's a lot. Um, um, they um, they um, they ripped it straight from the YouTube algorithm yeah. because they said. <laughs> Um, it's not really ripping; it's just the share the same one, and uh, then um, and essentially they um, they're able to kind of give you like a what um, um like a, a live what's hot, uh, which Spotify does do technically, but it's, um but you kind of have to do it um like take it more on like good faith. That is um that is like um what's top in the charts, like what's the hot, and mm-hmm. and and even then you're going off of what's uh, Spotify's uh, um um numbers, not necessarily uh, YouTube or just um or everything else's, and you can and, and you can trust YouTube's more because they're well. Google, so they have a lot. They have a, a bigger algorithm, a bigger traffic feed. They are able to actually. Well, when they say what's trending, is you can trust is literally what's trending. Mm-hmm. So, um, so those are those are just already two things that uh, me personally, I um, I enjoy. But also, um, YouTube also um features a ra- um a radio station. You're able mm-hmm. to create your own radio station now. Right. Um, they um they're just um they if they started out behind. Um, in a lot of ways, they're definitely catching up, um, and I, um, and that's where Spotify and, in my opinion, Apple Music is starting. Is starting to uh, dawdle because they're um, because they're starting to because um, they now are directionless. They don't um, they don't really know where else to go because they've been dominating for so long. It's mm-hmm. almost like a, it's almost like trying to teach an old dog new tricks, but like the new tricks are pretty much how to take a dump different. And yeah, <laughs> and audio and, like and audio books standing up. It's just like why? <laughs> yeah, and, and audio books. I just think it was it was such. Uh, it was such a bizarre turn for them, and it really didn't follow anything else that they had taken in terms of like their overall product strategy. And it caused a lot of people, even internally, to be very skeptical that Spotify would have a future going forward instead of being something that would just be evergreen and be able to push the boundaries of how people listen to music, it's trying to uh, expand into all these other verticals that mm. it simply didn't need to, to do so. And uh, I mean, with YouTube music, the, the focus on video is a lot of the reason why I continue to use the app and why I continue to enjoy it. I mean, other than YouTube Premium, just including it in its, <laughs> in its right. subscription. But, you know, a lot of people have, have rightfully so criticized it um, for not being quite as good as Google Play Music, which preceded it. But Correct. Um, I think the focus on video is, you know, something that gives me the most time on that app. Um, I remember, you know, with Antihero, um, there was Tonight with uh, Phoenix and Ezra Koenig, and then um, the most recent one being uh, Boys a Liar Part Two with Pink Panthers. The big, the, I mean, the 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 I saw those videos must have been like fifty times. All of those were on YouTube Music. Yeah, right? all all those are going to get on YouTube Music, and that's be, and and some stuff is. Um, th- are things that you can only find on YouTube Music or mm-hmm. only find on YouTube? Right. Um, a lot. Um, a lot of uh, stuff that were that were created started out on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't. Um, they didn't. Ha- they might not have had uh, big record labels produce or cre- um, um, turn these into EPs, albums, right. things that could be put on on, the, on these different uh, Spotify channels or get the um, that same amount of attention. Mm-hmm. So um, there are a lot of songs that have been. Uh, 
like loss of time, so to speak, right. um, and um, and can only really be found on um, on these on these sites, like unlike YouTube. So YouTube Music also has um, um, gains in that um, as well. They um, they're able to um, they're able to um, just um, retain art like like archived uh, content from um, from year from years ago and have multiple versions of it. So um, so like not only are um, are you getting uh, the original, you can possibly get um, um get remakes or renditions or like different versions that that have existed that you may have heard in your um in your life. Uh, Spotify doesn't um doesn't really doesn't really um auto um like offer that um same um same um, level of versatility. You know, it's mm -hmm. almost like it's almost like uh, where um where Spotify or YouTube Music can um can kind of uh, keep up just in terms of like sheer uh um sheer like uh like. Like and like engineering, or just like a um, or just sheer, uh, what? Like, help me out. <laughs> Word. <laughs> yeah, well, and 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 a lot of and it's like a lot of brute force, right? Thank that's you. Involved in uh, it. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, it's a lot of brute force. Um, but but they don't have nostalgia, uh, yeah. which is what YouTube does have. <laughs> right, and then you know it's it's all of that experimental content that gets published to YouTube that then gets funneled into YouTube Music, and the podcasts just don't doesn't follow that trend in my opinion, just because it it's very unclear as to like what's a podcast unless you check this like tiny text label below it. And, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, which I which I agree. Is it um in, in UI terms um is a pretty it's, it's pretty it's pretty lackluster, but uh, with um with everything I think it'll, it'll tighten up and time Hopefully. and it, um and i really think they um, um it shouldn't take them too long i mean it's not like it's not like they're we're dealing with say um, um like like i don't know i want i want to say apple music apple music doing great spotify spotify mm -hmm. too but um youtube i don't really think would have a, a big deal in general just because a lot of the on um, the podcast um that exists on spotify do mm -hmm. also exist on youtube like say uh, h3h3 podcast um i think joe rogan experience uh, um also um, uploads their stuff there too mm -hmm. um it, um, you're, um, so so in terms of like a like a converting um, anyone or tra or like a having any tra um, any transition um, issues, you're not gonna have much. Okay. Uh, it's, it's basically just go um, going from one app to an, um, to another seamlessly. Mm -hmm. So I don't so I don't really think that um, that they're gonna have much of a problem in getting people on the bandwagon so long as they keep up with it. Mm -hmm. But right now, yeah, it is in the gutter. <laughs> I, I, I do agree. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, we're going to take another quick break, and when we get back my adventures with Beeper and why having all of my chats in one place was probably not a good idea. All right, we're back. And we're back on a very somber note. So a project that I had been following for over a year was something called Beeper. Now, um, I just want to do another like quick little survey here um, how many apps do you use to communicate with people on a regular basis? Just in terms of like text communication, right? Mm, I, prob I probably say like three on average, but mm. uh, sometimes if I'm willing to use Messenger for a time, four. Right, um, and that's a lot. You know, when you when you think about it, um, it used to be you would just open up an IM client and you would put in like your AOL Messenger, your Microsoft Messenger. I'm I'm too too young to have ever lived in that era, but from what I hear, it sounded magical. Um, Sounds peaceful. That yeah. the problem was uh, slowly but surely these platforms ameliorated features um, and those open standards that would have allowed all of them to just talk to each other weren't there at the beginning so then things just kind of fragmented right and so right. now you have to have five apps on your phone to talk to like five different family members you know I, I for example have had to use whatsapp to talk to a few friends and family 
Um, there's line to talk to pretty much anybody who lives in like a very specific parts of the Asia Pacific region. Mm. Um, most notably, like uh, my uh, like my brother, uh, his wife, a few friends and whatnot. And then there's there's Discord, which yeah. I hate. <laughs> uh, then <laughs> there's then there's uh, you know just SMS like Google messages and stuff like that. Texting on Android has gotten significantly better, or just sort of the default messaging experience. Google has rolled out a lot of things in terms of making just chat smarter by default, and having something called RCS, which is basically like an open platform version of what you would call iMessage, um, and then. Uh, there are just other miscellaneous or incidental things. Like, of course, s- you know, sometimes you'll use like email and whatnot. All right. This is a lot, right? This is a lot to manage and trying to get all of these notifications in all of these different places. It just feels like sometimes you're juggling a bunch of different things. Right. You have all these apps taking up storage space on your device or they're, you know, sending different notifications and you're jumping between them and the UI is all different and it gets confusing, right? From right. a usability, from just a basic usability standpoint, chat is broken. So Eric Mijakovsky, um, some listeners might know him from all the way back in 2013, right. um, he uh, launched this little fun little smartwatch called uh, Pebble, and it was like really it was really big, especially among, amongst like nerdy kind of tech community, which was like seeing the rise of smartwatches, but wanting something a little bit simpler that would just page their notifications, and, right. or you know even just people who thought this, the smartwatches in general were a bit of a daunting um, investment. And they cost too much, and the battery life at that time was just bad. So yeah, just ridiculous know. for no reason. Right, and it would the whole thing was it was it was stream, and and then the whole point was to like streamline it. Um, but then um, that ended up falling through because you know it was based entirely off of crowdfunding, and there was a lot of mismanagement, and <sighs> costs and costs went up, and you know things uh, and things just didn't look great for Pebble and. Pebble, all in all, was, you know, very small, didn't have a big user base. So that's kind of been Eric Mijakovsky's whole brand, right? It's basically like, here's an annoyance that I have that I know a few other people who are like, who are really, really closely follow them. tech were, are going to kind of vibe with. Yeah. Or they'll just have some memories of some things and like out of blind nostalgia, they'll want to return to that thing, right? right. And that was the whole impetus behind Beeper which was an app that he created to kind of consolidate a whole bunch of different chat apps into one thing. It would basically connect up to their server and, you know, WhatsApp would go through it, Discord would go through it, your, you know, Slack and IRC or whatever would go through it. All of this stuff would just be combined into a single interface, a single streamlined thing. And sure, it won't be able to handle all of the features or all of the little niceties that these apps provide. But the point is that it's not forcing you to jump between 50 different things to use it. And it, in many ways, it's kind of a retread of a lot of the ground that had happened back in the days of IM clients. It's a novel concept in terms of uh, today uh, by today's standards, mm-hmm. um, but it's also a, a very promising concept. It's something that could potentially really help a lot of people out because they keep needing to add these different apps into their lives to be able to communicate with a few people. And I'm 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 sorry guys, but like no one's going to use like no one's going to use Signal. <laughs> I'm, 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 
I've been I, I tried once and it utterly failed and I have basically given up on Signal being the future. Telegram is full of crypto bots. Discord is Discord. <laughs> but um and the simple fact of the matter is you're not going to be able to get everyone on, on one thing. I mean, sure, a vast majority of people in North America might be using iMessage, but well, not a vast majority, but a lot of people in North America might be using iMessage, and that level of platform lock-in is one of the reasons why iPhones just in general sell better here than they do in other contents. But that's not going to be the case for everybody, and it's going to cause some lock-in, and you're not going to be able to just sort of ready yourself for the next big thing whenever that comes, right? right. And it's going, to, it's going to curb stomp innovation, because now people are just unable to... Get into uh, like get into a new chat app that might have a really cool feature that a lot of people like. So um, Beeper's great for that reason. It's mm -hmm. sort of trying to consolidate your life a little bit more. It's trying to make tech a bit less confusing. The problem is you can only really do so much with these closed platforms, mm -hmm. right? You can only have so many features of WhatsApp within this other app that has no related tech that has no related um, underlying principles in its design. And so a lot of the things like, for example, video calling is not supported by Beeper. And that's fine, right? Right. Um, but then the issue is Beeper itself yeah. also is a bit confusing. Um, for example, it relies entirely off of having like a desktop app handy. You have to use the Windows app. You have to use the Mac app. You have to yeah. use the Linux app for oh. it to be able for you, you for just just to be able to add services, to be able to even do the like onboarding thing at the beginning where you're even just getting the code so you're able to use the app. Mm. And that's kind of a problem, um, especially for people who don't have uh, access maybe to a full computer to use it at the time, or maybe just people who want to only use it on their phone and they just like the desktop apps for these chat apps fine. Um, and I ran into that problem. I actually had to um, borrow a Windows PC <laughs> from a family member to be able to set it up because I, I mean, it, it is doable on a Chromebook through the uh, Linux container, but the issue is it's also, but like, it's only on certain ones with like certain hardware on the ends. It's very confusing, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 what I'm trying to say is that it's very fragmented and the features are not the same between the desktop and mobile, which for anybody who is not very tech savvy is already a non-starter, right? They want to be able to download an app and just use it. Right. And I was on the wait list for over a year for this, so color me a bit disappointed. <laughs> um, and also, Another big problem is that it doesn't import chat history from certain apps, right? It will import your chat history from WhatsApp, but from your Discord uh, direct messages. Not so much. Yeah. It's just, it's a blank slate. And the problem with Discord is that, like, literally one of the only reasons why I still grit my teeth through communicating with people on it is because I already have years worth of communications with some people stored there. And if I need to pull up an interesting thing or an interesting article that was shared with me years ago, then... It's the it's, only place I could really do it well, for yeah. some people. Well, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's the only place for, for a lot of people, honestly. I mean, especially like after after COVID, Discord was like kind of the place to be right. for direct messaging. No, it, like during COVID lockdowns, it was the like only window into the outside world I had for many people. And it served its purpose there. 
um, which is not to say it really serves its purpose in any other environment, um, because it's focused entirely towards large. It's focused entirely towards large groups, and you can tell. And and that's the thing. It's like Beeper would have been a great way for me to just be like, hey, what if I could use Discord without having to use Discord, um, yeah. and all of the baggage that comes with that, and not having to like open it up and see fifty different news updates from this platform. Um, the issue was is just that Beeper itself has a lot of missing features in this very early stage of its development. Mm. And it's still new, it's still young, it's still fresh, <clears throat> its public rollout is still very recent, and it only recently started um, going free, and you only recently started being able to use it without paying for a subscription. So it's going to eventually get better, I think. It's just for now, my dreams of having all of my chats in one place are just <laughs> dashed. <done. laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it, it it does seem like a bit of a um of a disappointment <laughs> if I mm. uh, from from what I can tell. I unfortunately I haven't been able to use the app myself. So mm. I I'm sorry I haven't been able to um experience the tragedy mm. in real time mm -hmm. um, as you have. But I um but I do definitely un um understand uh the um, the disappointment of uh not not having that um that level of versatility. Well not old not even well, honestly we can call it versatility. Just the um just the access to privacy and mm. feel um and feeling um like you can have all your uh, like stuff organized, um, mm -hmm. it it does um, that that stuff really does feel important, uh, especially um, especially like in with people with busy day to day lives um, who um, who um, need to prioritize <laughs> uh, cer like certain things. Like I know for like I know for me personally, I have like so many different contacts on, um, over like different like um, messaging apps, mm -hmm. um, and and not particularly because like I can't um, I can't. Uh, uh, coordinate them all under one app. Uh, just not everybody uses the same uh, um, so, like social media or mm -hmm. so, or uh, um, contacts. You know, not everyone does does like straight phone numbers or direct messaging these days. Mm -hmm. um, some people prefer Instagram. Some people prefer Snapchat. Um, you know, so so it's just it's just a lot um, a lot harder to get in touch with people. So an app like that really do, does seem cool, like important. Right. You know, like and but and more importantly, it does seem like it was it would be protected, and it seems like it would be private, like a lot more. You'd have a lot more access to privacy. Right. I mean, I, I, um, you know, I and and I'm and I'm not losing all hope. Again, there's a very real chance that it could start um, getting a little bit better or easier to use on mobile, um, especially, which is where a, a vast majority of the reason why I downloaded it was because like I want to use this on mobile. Desktop is less of a concern because. You know, switching between apps on uh, on like a, on, on just like a laptop or something like that. It's pretty it's, easy. You know, it's yeah, that's kind of the whole thing, right? It's like Windows, Chrome OS, Mac OS. They've they've all been designed so that you can switch between things in a very timely manner. On mobile, it's a little bit less yeah. like that. Yeah, it's you, a bit less intuitive. Yeah, you have to swipe and go to another app. Or, or I mean, unless you're on iPhone, you can uh, well, yeah. just uh, scroll to, towards it. Or... Right, because these and because these apps are because these these apps are meant to be siloed, contained experiences. And suddenly, when you have like 50 of them, it, it becomes a lot harder. Kind of, yeah, it becomes multiple experiences. It's almost like right. it's almost like uh, have, having uh, multiple tabs open on your computer in of itself. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can I can totally see the complications that would um that would uh lead to. I feel I feel like maybe it would be it would probably have a, a better time existing like maybe as a um as a watch primary. 
mm. like in terms of messaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah. from from the way you describe it, it seems um it, sound, it sounds like it would, um it would be very oriented toward um towards like incognito mm-hmm. or um or at least like like instant message. So mm-hmm. um so just trying just trying to have your um like like have your message like uh like like read immediately like no social mm-hmm. media or anything like that or or username tags. Right, so right. um so I feel like it would um it would have a pretty good pretty good life or or a pretty good. Uh, survival rate, <laughs> so yeah. like start like starting out uh, th- like there, um, yeah. or as well as desktop. Um, if they if they wanted to pivot or like get, or like try it out, maybe even try tablets first. But yeah. um, but at the, um, but I do see the um, I do see the problem on their end too. Like just trying, I'm trying not to, like I'm um, like to make another Discord or mm-hmm. make another Reddit, uh, with <laughs> with their, uh, with uh, with their with their platform because it's really easy to do that. I I mean I can't I can't imagine that, that anybody that made Made like again, like Matt mentioned, Discord or Reddit uh, expected them to um to have direct messaging get um get as big as they did, you know. In terms like especially with Discord, they have like entire chat rooms and like communities and stuff. Now, are they moderated well? Mm-hmm. God no. <laughs> uh, and I um and that's probably uh what this what this person is having an issue with too, if I had to guess. Right, and um, it's it's a big like separating the dogs from the wolves kind of thing. Back in the instant messenger days where you would have like your Microsoft Messenger and AOL and your one client, th- th- those platforms were designed to plug into all of those um, other services, right? They were designed to be used in a third-party app mm-hmm. of some kind. The problem I see now is that like, despite the fact that these apps are continuing to do less and less that can actually differentiate themselves from each other, they are actually getting more and more fragmented. And um, they aren't designed to be plugged into one thing either. And I think that's a huge hurdle that Beeper needs to overcome is that, like, I mean, do you really want to have, um, for example, WhatsApp and Discord in the same thing? Because there are very particular features that both provide that are going to be incredibly separate and just sort of siloed out and not necessarily ever accessible on Beeper in, in that regard. And, and I think that mostly just comes down then to just to just like general changes in these platforms and their policies. And it, it would take a huge cultural shift in a lot of these companies to sort of see it, see the forest for the trees. And, you know, that might be happening, right? Like activity pub is becoming that for social media where you have all of these things that plug into something that sees activity pub and it's all just your social media feeds in one go. Feed. Yeah. But, um, you know, maybe it might happen for messaging. I know the European Union definitely wants that to happen, but um, for now, it's it's sort of a pipe dream. Yeah. I, I, I again, I'm I'm hopeful. I, I'm still hopeful. And Beeper, for what it's worth, is very usable. I think for the services and apps that it does support, basic communication works just fine. Um, I think the problem is though that it's not meant to be a full replacement and. Uh, Beeper makes that very clear. Eric has made that very clear in all of his correspondences on his like Substack newsletters and stuff. Um, it still it still is a, a little bit disheartening. Um, on that note, though, uh, I think that is the end of our first episode. How did that feel? How was that? It felt pretty smooth to me. Felt, felt like we didn't have too, um, too many technical difficulties, if any. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, I we will. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll read us out. This has been Edgenode. Our station manager is Lily Conducey, and our production manager is Cyan Schumann. Our theme music was composed by Grace C. Elliott. Special thanks to the University of Alaska Anchorage for providing the equipment and studio, and 
We'll see you next time. You can stay tuned on KRUA 88.1 FM or check out our podcast feed on theurbansands.net. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, sometimes it's not worth it to have an everything app, everywhere app, all at once app.